This is Secrets to Win Big, your roadmap to sustained growth. Brought to you by Arjun Sen, founder and CEO of Zen Mango, top brand growth driver and a former Fortune 500 executive who has been called one of the most marketing intelligent minds in the business. Find him at zenmango.com. And now, here's your host, Arjun Sen. Welcome to Secrets to Win Big with Arjun Sen. This is part two of my conversation with Andrew Robbins, a rocket scientist turned business visionary. He is the co-founder and CEO of Patronic Systems, a customer experience platform for restaurants and convenience stores. In the first part, my conversation was with Andrew, the leader. In the second part, I'm excited to have a conversation with Andrew, the inspiring mind. Andrew, welcome back to Secrets to Win Big. So now, Andrew, I want to take it to the teams you have built successfully over the years. And I have been fortunate to meet a lot of team members. They're all classy human beings. They're, of course, all very smart. When you hire people, what do you seek in future leaders? Yeah, so, um, you know, we always start with bright, curious, empathetic. And, you know, people talk about cultural fit. And I hate that word in a way, because I think cultural fit means people who look like me or, or look like the interviewer or whoever's deciding, the decider. Um, and that causes all sorts of trouble, right? The unconscious bias, like there are all sorts of things. So if, if you can describe it in characteristics, measurable characteristics, I can tell if you're curious in an interview session, mm -hmm. you know, if you don't ask me questions, and if you don't act on them, mm -hmm. um, then you're not curious. Like, oh, that's interesting. Why did you say that, right? Like you're constantly doing in this, in this conversation. Um, then the next thing is if I'm going for a leader, whoever I talk to is probably really qualified for the job. Mm -hmm. Probably. Like they probably have a great track record. The resume looks great. And then if I'm being selfish, I want someone who's done the job four times, right? Oh, I took a company just like Patronix and, re and, and, and rebuilt the sales team and did this and this and grew it. And we got to a, a billion dollars and then went public and you know all this good stuff. And the thing is, while that sounds great for me, why is our job great for them? And I think I always have a test and it's, why is this the best job for the person right now? Mm -hmm. And it actually could be the answer is, well, the person um, you know, just came off a bad gig, wants to do it one more time. Um, uh, it's their last thing before retirement. So it really could be that the, it is the best job mm -hmm. for them um, at this moment in their life. But if I can... If we, the company, make it a two-way street, if we can honor the, it's the best opportunity you've ever had mm -hmm. for growth, trajectory, a chance to do something new, build your resume for the future, um, then you're just gonna, you're gonna work harder and, 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 and come up with better ideas and shoulder the load. Because as you know, 
it, it's hard, right? It's hard building teams and running companies and things like that. So you need someone who, who's going to be all in. So that's, and that came from, you know, um, our board and, uh, you know, way back um, to actually flip it around and think from the other person's shoes. Mm -hmm. um, but we always do that. We always ask that question. Why is this the best job they've ever had or the best opportunity for them at this moment in time? And if you can't answer that, it's going to be a bad fit. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and it won't, and it won't work out. And then um, we always look for um, people who will work with healthy debate. Um, and, and whatever it is you're doing, we all honor inspection and question on anything I'm doing or you know the company's doing, because whatever we do should be logical and make sense. And the person has to be able to do that as well. You know, so if it's not like this is my kitchen, stay out. If they've got that kind of attitude, um, it's probably not um, gonna gonna work. Uh, and then we try to instill that and, and check for that the person will have positive intent. Mm -hmm. So or, or or assume positive intent, right? So you don't want to hear a lot of um, in their history the stupid things all the other groups did. Mm -hmm. in the company, right? That, and because we really try to um, practice this at Patronix, which is assume positive intent. You may see something that doesn't make sense that you would, you know, it's a crazy policy or a decision or um, implementation of something that someone did. And, and you might go, oh, well, that's stupid. They must've done it because they're lazy or, you know, or, um, it, they wanted to make their group look better. Um, and what I would always say, wait a second, assume positive intent, assume the person is optimizing for something. You don't know what it is, but based because, and it could be, they have a requirement you don't know about. The customer needs this. We, you know, we can't do it because of a tool set. I don't know. But if you go in assuming that someone optimized something, it makes such a difference in a, in a, in a conversation. And to me, I think the first thing that you talked about, the three concepts, the best job for them, I really feel that is so big because that means the person is excited to come to work every day. And as you mentioned earlier, sometimes we learn from the strangest of places. I was doing this work with this private school in Denver. And when I was talking to every parent, what I realized was when they dropped their little kiddos, they pause for a few extra seconds in the parking lot because it's the traffic jam happens. Because the parents, every parent would have a smile when they're dropping their kids. And you know, I have dropped my kids and I don't smile because the moment the kid's gone, I'm thinking work. But these parents explained to me that every kid, when they get out of the car, they run. They have excitement about something new in the school. And Right away, I started, then I interviewed kids and I realized about their excitement is about either the science teacher or something new. It's not about, of course, for Arjun would have been about what's for lunch today. <laughs> but the moment there's an excitement, it's a fertile ground mind for education. And I really think you are capturing exactly that same thought is the best job for them once both of you, you and the person find out that makes it fun for everyone. When you walk into work excited, what will we do today? 
something new, something fun. That's really awesome. So Andrew, I want to go next step on leadership. We talked about a lot of leaders. You know, I know you admire a lot of leaders. If you can talk about one of the leaders that who have inspired you most and what makes that person one of the coolest leaders you've ever known, worked with, worked for. Yeah, when we um, started uh, Patronics, we had uh, two board members and uh, uh, my, my, uh, my dad and um, Alex Darvaloff and, um, and you know Matt Darvaloff, my uh, co-founder, and it's actually Matt's, Matt's father, Alex Darvaloff. And just uh, for me, um, was amazing uh, because I'm shy in many uh, cases and, and, um, and sometimes can, you know, worry about uh, group settings and leadership and, you know, telling people what to do and, and um, when you haven't done it before. And, and really hadn't um, had a lot of managerial roles before starting Patronics. And Alex was so good with people. Hmm. Uh, there, were, there were really two things about him. One was he was a student of, of business and could articulate different aspects of business. And, and in a way I could understand, right? So one of the things I learned, if you're running a software company, there's an equation. And the equation is, if, if you have a competitive advantage that means money to someone, it's gonna make them money. And the sales team can keep the customer rational so that they obviously uh, um, can understand the value, you should win 75% of the time. Wow. Now, what a great equation. You win 75% of the time if you have a true competitive advantage that means value and the sales team keeps the customer rational. Mm. Well, then you can actually run a company because you can talk about a specific account. Oh, um, you know, uh, Panera, how's the you know, sales going with Panera? Um, and you can talk and you, you can say, well, what is our competitive advantage? Why does it mean money? How much money, right? And, and that's really product and marketing's job to come up with those great ideas that mean money. Mm -hmm. Then you can go to the sales team and say, hey, um, you know, I, I hear for Panera, we can make them 20 million a year because we have this one-to-one -one technology. Mm -hmm. And maybe sales will say, um, well, they can't get to the right person. You know, we got a block or so-and-so, and that's their, them not keeping the customer rational. And you go help them. Or maybe they say, I know marketing says that, but what they're not telling you is the competitor does this other thing that's worth 40 million, right? Well, and so you can go around in a way, because you have an equation, mm -hmm. you can go inspect the company to see where it's broken. Mm -hmm. And and it really works. Like there's so many, I've been on the boards of companies, um, I've invested in some companies and thinking through and hit equations or, or ways of thinking about the sales process and a lot of things, how to give raises mm -hmm. and um, the, the, the principles around compensation. I've never seen any 
people, you know, my father and, 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 and Matt's dog, uh, father take an idea and over, they've probably been talking about the same ideas for 50 years, right? And constantly be willing to craft and change the ideas. Like slightly, slightly change a thought. Most people give up on a thought, you know, and, and will spout off a, what they think is a truism that they've heard and sounds good. But are you willing to take that truism, that phrase you like, and for 30 years craft it and be willing to make a little slight change? And, and there's a the willingness to do that and a beauty in that um, was was really helpful. For me and then the other thing is that you know alex could take any person any complicated person and work with them and was willing to take personal risk and whether that was humor getting you know angry ignoring them you know falling asleep while you're interviewing he would fall asleep when you interviewed with him wow. um, but he could always recover Mm -hmm. um, any personal relationship. And that was really helpful for me to watch an artist uh, in something I wasn't good at. You know, I wasn't good with, with um, uh, people issues. And then watching him was just amazing. That's awesome. So now, if you can take everything you've learned, all your wisdom, but you have a men in black moment, which means there's only one piece of wisdom that you can carry forward in the journey ahead. What's the one wisdom you'll take forward in your journey forward? Yeah, I really think a discipline on focus, mm -hmm. um, which is probably the least, you know, exciting thing. But, mm -hmm. but I think a, um, a, a discipline on focus, it, it may take you longer to get to the, in, in the end, you know, everybody talks about a hockey stick in business and the hockey stick's gonna come and, the, mm -hmm. you know, uh, two years and then all of a sudden we get this um, uh, exponential growth and, and, and we're Facebook and we'll go public. And the truth is that, that hockey sticks um, happen to 1% of companies, right? Mm -hmm. Like th th that's the, the truth. Um, and, and even underlying the hockey stick probably is intense focus mm -hmm. on, on a narrow thing that, that the world can't necessarily recognize um, that leads to the success. Um, and the ability to say no, it's so tempting to grasp at different areas, but you take on too much and you just, you'll, you'll never succeed on the first thing uh, if you try to do 12. Love that. So this last part is about BS. I just need from you one big BS, but I define BS as being bragging shamelessly. I know you are a very modest human being. <laughs> you know, as a friend and as a mentor to me, it would be an honor to know one thing about Andrew that Andrew is most proud of that he wants to brag shamelessly. Oh my gosh. Um, bra bragging shamelessly. I don't know. Um, you know, I, if I'm going to brag shamelessly, really, it, 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 it would, it would be about my family. 
um, and, and just, you know, throughout my family from, um, you know, all, all the things my wife's doing and, you know, she's still a three sport athlete um, right now. Yeah, she competes down at uh, um, uh, uh, in volleyball tournaments and, and uh, crew races and swimming to the point where she's a recognized leader in um, the environmental and sustainable side of architecture and, and how do we build stuff mm -hmm. that doesn't make people sick and is good for the environment and has, um, you know, from when you tear it, build it to live in it, to tear it down. So, and she's a recognized leader um, to, to my daughters um, um, and to my brothers and you know, the whole nine yards. Uh, that would be the, the biggest thing would be just, uh, I could bore everybody just bragging about my family. I'm so glad you shared. So now here's a tough question. If you get an e-white, and you realize that you're meeting two other individuals. One is Andrew, 16-year-old, and one is Andrew, 100-year-old, and of course you. Question one is very easy. Where do you think the meeting will happen? And secondly, what would each one of them say in that meeting? Uh, we're totally meeting at a swimming pool, for sure. Okay. 100%. The, the three of us are meeting at a swimming pool. We're probably going to race each other. Mm -hmm. um, uh, that would be a blast uh, 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 to, uh, to do. Um, and, and what would we say? Like, I hope we would like each other. Mm -hmm. That would be that would be interesting and proud of each other and, and what we've accomplished. And I think everybody would be surprised. Uh, sixteen, you know, sixteen-year-old me only wanted to build fighter jets. Like that, all I wanted to do was build, you know, jet airplanes that could break the speed of sound, right? Mm -hmm. That that was from when I was 12 to 28, like, and that's what I did. So that me would probably be surprised that I'm doing what I'm doing now. Mm -hmm. I can't wait to find out what 100 year old me uh, does in the next couple of years. Um, uh, so that, that, that'll be fun. Wow, what a great question. I don't know. Thank you. And I can bet that all three of you will be bragging about the same family. So that would be so cool that you guys have the same family. So. Yeah. You know, the other side of me is nerding out, Arjun, because, um, you know, with time travel, you're never allowed to go back in time to see yourself. So, mm -hmm. I, and from, you know, you've read the Harry Potter books and mm -hmm. all these other things. Only bad things happen when you time travel. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure it's a safe thing to do. We should be careful. Yeah. Great point. <laughs> So Andrew, this was a great fun conversation. To wrap up, I have two final thoughts. One is, is there anything we didn't talk about that you want to share? And secondly, you were very kind to answer every question. Some were very goofy of mine. If you have any questions for me, I would love to answer too. So anything else you want to share and any questions you have for me? No, I, you know, I just have uh, questions. Uh, well, one is to just thank you for all your help over the years. And um, from, you know, just personal advice um, that you've given me and help and helping us with uh, PXUX and, and, and everything, you've just such a big heart. And, you know, you told that story about the, the school that you're working with and, you know, um, 
I'm pretty sure that you don't have any kids at that school. And, and so, you know, a lot of people help out organizations and, and schools because they got kids and you're just, you know, I, I think helping that school because you have a big heart, um, which is, which is wonderful. I'm, I'm intrigued by your books and, um, you know, I, I love your book, um, Raising a Father and, you know, just how you decided to do that is, um, how did you decide uh, to do that and, and what, um, what did you get out of it? So there are two parts to it. One was I left the corporate world to be a dad because once I was in the corporate world, I realized I'm the world's number one time thief. I was stealing time from my daughter and put it in the business world to move career forward. I was also stealing time from Arjun's future to invest today. I would sleep only two hours a day and I never realized those will come and hit me. So I just wanted to be a dad and that's the way consulting started. But as I went through and the, for, the longer I would stay away from the corporate world, the cruelty was the offer started getting bigger and bigger. People thought I was holding back for something bigger. Like I just couldn't even believe that obscene offers came. And one Christmas just before, just to buy it, <laughs> I started writing a book about my daughter. So, so you're telling me they thought it was a negotiating strategy. I know, I know. They thought it's, I thought before if I did that every year, I would vanish for three months and come back. And once I wrote the book, initially the book was called Raising a Daughter. And there was a decent amount of arrogance. Once I finished, I realized who raised who. Like, I don't talk about Arjun before, but I know Arjun today is a better person because of one person. And the second thing magical that happened was once we were ready to launch the book, I had this big marketing plan, everything else. My daughter, being my business partner, comes in, gives me a hug, says, Dad, can you make a little chai? I make the chai. I do a 90 minute presentation. She gives me a hug and says, dad, brilliant presentation. Are we hurting for money, dad? I said, no. She said, then why are you being so constipated? I'm like, what constipated? She's like, you are just like enforcing this book out. I'm like, that's not nice. And Andrew, you know, business world, I have learned this is very easy to critique an idea, bring it down. And I told her, that's not right. You cannot bring an idea down. I put so much effort. You hurt my feelings unless you have an idea. She said, I have. She said, why can't the journey of the book be touch one person? And me being not that smart, I said, what happens if we touch a person? She said, touch one more. And that became the whole thing. And later on, I brought this concept to the business world because anytime you are working, whether it is a customer or a client, you touch one client, one customer at a time. Yeah, Even yeah. I work with athletes who say you hit one golf shot at a time. You do one free throw at a time. You don't think about both. Like that wow, one more became such a big part. And my daughter was so brilliant in that journey was that wow, one more at times was an amazing couple in New York who were married for 60 years, took me out for dinner and taught me marriage is all about risk management. Ahead, you put the plan in. So when the crisis happens, you guys have a plan. I got a chance to meet some of the most amazing leaders. I was invited to the house of Senator McKinn, Senator Bob Dole. I got conversations with Bill Clinton. Because of the book. Because of the book, all as equal as dads. And 
most of these I never share because I felt these are so sacred, so special. And I'm not a share kind of a person. I don't want to share these amazing experiences because they're mine. And that's what I learned is whether you look at politically, there are so many differences, but at the core, when two dads together meet, we have amazing power, we can change the world. And that's what this book taught me is the power of dads and connecting as dads. And thanks for asking the question because my daughter now is in India and it just gives me goosebumps to think about all the lessons she has given me. So thank you, Andrew. That is so wonderful. I, I, um, and, and I love how you took her advice and then the advice Andrew, can benefit. Daughters, can you ever go against your daughters? Like you can't, man, you can't. Like, you can't. But how the advice came back as a positive thing. Like, you know, the advice created opportunities like McCain and Dole mm -hmm. that you wouldn't have had otherwise. If you said, I want to have dinner with them, zero chance, right? Mm -hmm. But you did something and, and it came from the heart and had great impact. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you talk about daughters, my daughters and stealing time. And I remember when, um, when my, I think my daughters were six and eight and I wasn't, I took a business trip and I came back and my daughter said, so did you, you know, did you close the customer? And I said, well, we did this and move things along and this and that. And they said, yeah, but dad, that, did you close a customer? And I was like, well, but this stuff is hard and this and that. And what they were saying is, you're stealing time from our relationship. Make sure it's worth it, mm -hmm. right? And make sure you do something that's meaningful because you've got to answer to us too. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, and that's helpful because it is your time mm -hmm. and, and you've got to use it wisely. We've only got so much time. That's brilliant. And that's, and that's the part where later on in life, I think my daughter prepared me for a future conversation. When I asked one of the top golfers of all times, a very simple question. How do you, on days you feel it? And how do you, on days, you know, you try too hard, you can't feel it. He said, on days I feel it, I know only one thing I need to do at any moment and nothing else is in my mind. So I said, I don't get it. He said, Arjun, when I walk, I feel every part of the grass and I'm grateful to that grass for moving for me. When I chew gum, I only chew gum. When I have the sandwich my daughter made for me, I just think of her love, nothing else. And then when I look at the ball and I see how the ball will move, I even see how every grass will react. And that was the big aha for me was, we all have 24 hours in a day. What Andrew does in this second, or what Arjun does in this second with 100% of my heart, choosing that and committing to that was a big deal. And Raka taught me that lesson, Raka's my daughter, started that lesson and then it took an amazing golfer to seal that in. So truly appreciate all the lessons. So. That's, that's fantastic. Thanks for sharing that, Arjun. Absolutely. So Andrew, this was an amazing, amazing conversation. Truly appreciate this. And this one, usually at the end of a conversation, I try to summarize. And this one, I can't. And the reason I can't is this has so many dimensions of 
actually listening to people and learning. And the biggest thing I feel is the consistency because when I would listen to this myself three to four times at least, I really think at the core, there's an amazingly smart, brilliant man who cares about every individual and the business, both his clients and beyond. And that caring has to come consistently. And that's the part where, as I was drawing parallels between clients and customers, what really hit home is consistency comes from inside. You cannot be different people at different times. And Andrew, thanks for sharing from the bottom of your heart, your smile about your family, your dad, Matt's dad, passion about the business. This is one for all times for me to appreciate and enjoy. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks, Arjun. This has been a great time. You've been listening to Secrets to Win Big with Arjun Sen, founder and CEO of Zen Mango, top brand growth driver and a former Fortune 500 executive who has been called one of the most marketing intelligent minds in the business. To learn more, visit www.zenmango.com. Share this podcast with your friends and subscribe wherever you like to listen to podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.